Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer around God's Word. It is Monday, July 4th, 2022, um, a national federal holiday. Um, ironically, we celebrate our rebellion <laughs> against the British crown. Um, we're not allowed to actually celebrate rebellion against tyranny, um, in certain contexts, but uh, I guess in this context we can. There you go. Um, let's see. Anything special to note? It's a new week, so we'll have uh, some new selections as far as our hymn and our reading uh, and our memory verse and whatnot. All right, so look forward to that. Uh, and today we'll say, of course, a special prayer for our nation. All right, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, memory verse. See it there at the bottom. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18. Let's say it again. Try to get it in our head here. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18. All right. We continue um, with Psalm 119, now verses uh, 81 to 96. That's Kaf and Lamed. Let me say it together. My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. My eyes long for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? For I have become like a wineskin in the smoke, yet I have not forgotten your statutes. How long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? The insolent have dug pitfalls for me. They do not live according to your law. All your commandments are sure. They persecute me with falsehood. Help me. They have almost made an end of me on earth, but I have not forsaken your precepts. In your steadfast love, give me life that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth, and it stands fast. By your appointment they stand this day, for all things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. I am yours. Save me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked lie and wait to destroy me, but I consider your testimonies. I have seen a limit to all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Right, our first reading is from the prophet, minor prophet Habakkuk, chapter 1 to chapter 2 here. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We shall not die. O Lord, you have appointed them for judgment. O rock, you have marked them for correction. You are of purer eyes than to behold evil, and cannot look on wickedness. 
Why do you look on those who deal treacherously and hold your tongue when the wicked devours a person more righteous than he? Why do you make men like fish of the sea, like creeping things that have no ruler over them? They take up all of them with a hook. They catch them in their net and gather them in, the, in their dragnet. Therefore they rejoice and are glad. Therefore they sacrifice to their net and burn incense to their dragnet, because by them their share is sumptuous and their food plentiful. Shall they therefore empty their net and continue to slay nations without pity? I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord uh, answered, answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, and, but at the end I, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. All right, a few things to talk about here. Uh, the prophet Habakkuk. Um, I can't remember the years. I'd have to look it up. Uh, oh, I could do it here. I have the handy-dandy Lutheran study Bible. Um, but uh, part of the book of, tw- of the Twelve, as we say. So we've been studying Zechariah, and uh, so he would be included. Habakkuk comes after what book? Anybody know? I have to go back and do some. All right, so the Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, right? Comes right after Nahum. Ah, oh, yes, there it is. All right, good. <laughs> I was just a couple pages off. Uh, Habakkuk, 605 BC. All right, so this is before um, the return to Jerusalem. This is before Zechariah, which we've been studying on Sundays, right? Um, but it's speaking of the temple and of the return um, under the Chaldeans, right? But it's not until 585 BC, so another mm, 20 years or so, um, you know, that you have the Assyrian, or excuse me, the uh, um, Darius, the Medes sending them back from exile, all right? So he's longing for that return. So you see that in the second half of our reading today. You know, it will happen, right? It, it will not tarry, right? Live by faith, right? Faith in what? The promise of God. Uh, but you'll notice in the first part, um, the faith of the people are is not in God and what he has said, but rather um, it's in their own tongue, their own language, as you can see that in verse 13. Um, and, and then you see uh, actually a pretty good example from 14 to 17 of what idolatry looks like, what rebellion to God looks like, right? Um, we look to the gift and then we turn the gift into the idol rather than to the giver of the gift. Right, so in this case, you know, it's the fish, fishermen. Um, they want fish, they use the net to catch the fish, so it's, of course the net is to be worshipped. Like, no, the net is a gift of God as well, even the tool. Right? Um, so this happens uh, frequently, and uh, this is why, I think this is why, uh, particularly in our, in our contemporary context, um, there's the devaluing of work, and there's the demand for um, social institutions, that the government-led institutions, to provide um, basic necessities, because then you look to them um, for your needs rather than looking to God, right? And the tools that God has given you—that is, hard work and ingenuity um, and fraternity—you know, joining with others, especially the, the household of faith, the Christian congregation. Um, 
things that are clearly established by God, and the government's established by God too, um, but not to provide, according to the scriptures, not to provide for your basic necessities, not to provide food and shelter, um, even protection is not given. It's to punish evil and to promote the good. All right, so that's the the government's role according to Romans thirteen. Um, you think about that on this day, and so um, you know I've long, I would say, lamented the idolatry of this day that we idolize our nation. Uh, we think of our nation um, as something more than a gift of God, but actually an entity unto itself, um, not a tool or a blessing, but rather um, the thing to be worshipped. Right, um, but it's a it's a sad idol. <laughs> um, and even even some of the um, philosophical um, ideas that surround our national and or even state and, and local politics, uh, democracy would be one of those. The rule of the people. Um, that's rule of the people, not under the rulership of God for some, right? Uh, now, of course, you don't believe that. <laughs> you believe that God um, has um, has authority over your life um, and your even self governance, um, even. A democracy um, can be under the authority of God, right? Uh, specifically how God has spoken in his word, right? But a democracy that lives unto itself, people that live unto themselves and, and apart from God are just as I, just as um, rebellious as those under, say, a tyrant king or um, some other form of government, right? So, yeah, uh, we have to be careful about this day to give thanks to God for the day. Uh, there's a proclamation from, I believe it's from James Madison, yeah, I'm pretty sure, um, where this, that's what he argues this day is for, is actually giving thanks to God for the liberties that he uh, afforded, you know, to the uh, revolutionaries. All right. All right, so look to God, have faith in him and his word, um, not in one oneself and one's own um, ideas. <laughs> there we go. All right, our reading for catechesis is from Luke uh, chapter 11, uh, both the giving of the Lord's Prayer and then uh, actually a pretty uh, cool parable from Jesus to teach about the prayer. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me uh, on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot, I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, Though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? All right. Yep. 
it. All right, so let's do some catechesis on this text. Um, let's see here. We did Mary and Martha already? Yeah. All right. Um, so you'll note here at the beginning what's part. What is part of our Lord Jesus's daily practice? Yeah, he was praying in a certain place, right? He did this daily. You know, you see this often in morning and night and even at noon. All right. So what do his or what did his disciples ask of Jesus? Yeah, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. As John taught his disciples, John the Baptist, right? Um, some of them were John's disciples, right? So maybe they're trying to compare um, how John taught them to pray versus um, how Jesus does. All right. Uh, and the answer Jesus gives to his disciples are, pray like this, the Lord's Prayer. When you pray, say these words, right? He doesn't say pray something like this. He says pray this, <laughs> the Lord's Prayer, right? Uh, by the way, he gives that to his disciples as he taught his disciples. John had his disciples. Jesus has his disciples. What does it mean to be a disciple? This connects to prayer, actually. Right? A disciple isn't simply a follower of Jesus. It's a believer in Jesus who trusts his word. Right? Um, so it makes the Christian not only a follower, but a catechumen who listens and is taught, or a student, if you like, a pedagogai, gogai, gogai in Greek. There we go. Uh, a student of Jesus, one who is um, taught. Um, so, uh, Chris asks a question. Uh, why don't we pray just those words? Well, we do. We pray the Lord's Prayer. Um, Luther rightly appointed the Lord's Prayer in particular uh, to be prayed morning, noon, night, and then at each meal. Or actually, morning and night, and then at each meal. So, if you have three meals a day, that would be five times a day. Plus, um, he... Um, instructs us to pray the Lord's Prayer in any time of need, um, when in danger or in want, right? So you might end up praying the Lord's Prayer explicitly, um, probably, you know, at least four or five times a day, and maybe more. So to your answer, we do pray these words, um, but that the imperative word there is just these words, right? Just these words. Um, and we'll get to that here as we talk about more of the reading. All right. We did not add to this prayer. <laughs> um, there is a there is a termination to the prayer, um, which is, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Uh, which was prayed in divine service, the response of the people to the to the pastor's um, prayer of the Lord's Prayer for, on behalf of them. Um, that longer termination is, is a liturgical addition. Um, it adds nothing to the prayer, and it takes nothing away from the prayer. So I would, I would disagree um, to it, to saying that, it, uh, that we've added to the prayer. Um, it's and, and and never mind. It's explicitly a quote from um, from Revelation. All right. Um, so, what does Jesus answer specifically about the Lord's Prayer? Teach us about its importance, right? Kind of like I've just said, right? The prayer Jesus says, "When you pray, say." Right. This is the prayer intended for our repeated use throughout the day, because these words are not just our own, but they are the words of Jesus Himself, and the word of the Lord shall not return void. Um, I would also argue that the Lord's Prayer encapsulates everything for which God has promised, right? uh, which makes it really a great prayer for us to pray, if not the perfect prayer, because everything we ask for or we demand uh, is something that God has actually already promised to us in Jesus to give us, right? and maybe even a, a comprehensive summary of all that he has promised us. Hmm. <laughs> um, when is this prayer first given to you as a Christian? Practically speaking, 
This is the prayer that's prayed over you and given to you at your baptism. Yeah. And what do we learn about our relationship to God in this prayer? Again, this is connected to baptism. Well, look at how we, um, what we call God. We call him our Father, our Father, right? Uh, which indicates then that we, by his declaration, again in baptism, are his children, um, and he invites us to pray as dear children, um, ask their dear Father, right? To call upon him as our Father with delight. Uh, actually, yesterday's parable uh, from Luke 15, 11 to 32, is a perfect example of this. Helps us understand um, our Father, right? Um, even though the prodigal son thinks that he no longer is worthy to be called son, the father receives him back again as his son, right? And this is the same thing with our prayers. We don't, we we honestly don't believe that we are worthy to ask the things that we do in the Lord's prayer or any of our prayers, um, but we believe that God will hear our prayers and that he is faithful to us even as we are unfaithful to him, okay? Um, all right, so let's go through a few of the petitions. Uh, when or how is God's name hallowed? I know we don't, we kept the old King James on this. The Lord's Prayer is not one that you're going to touch the language on it, although some people have. God's name is holy uh, when the word of God is taught in its truth and purity. And we as children of God also lead holy lives according to it. Um, I'm not just making that up. We just talked about it <laughs> last week when we looked at uh, Luke chapter 10, right? Uh, let's see here. How about this? In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit, this is the return of the 70, and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good to you in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. And then he turned to his disciples and said, Blessed are the eyes which see the things you see, for I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see and have not seen it, and to hear what you hear and have not heard it. Right? Uh, and then later on, you know, with Mary and Martha, right? Martha, Martha, you are worried about and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. One thing is needful, as we say in the hymn. And Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Specifically, Mary, who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. All right. So contextually, um, we get it right there. There's the answer. All right. Um, let's see. How does God's kingdom come? Well, actually, that's going to be in the next reading, which we'll look at tomorrow. Uh, it's when our Heavenly Father gives us his Holy Spirit, so that by his grace we believe his Holy Word. So you see, we can... You can actually, the, the prayer is given in the context of the whole narr narrative of Luke's gospel. What about daily bread? All right, so daily bread, of course, as you confess in the catechism, refers to everything needed uh, or necessary for the body, right? And you see that just a few verses down, verses seven, oh, I don't know, seven through the end, really, right? Talking about the food that the body um, receives. Um, but it's actually a little bit more than that, isn't it? All right. Think about the other times we pray, give us this day our daily bread, that we specifically pray the prayer. Uh, we pray it in the context of um, the Lord's Supper, don't we? Yeah. So it ultimately, uh, and then also you can think of the feeding of the 5,000 would be another example, right? It reference to the most important bread, that is the bread of life through which the Holy Spirit of God works forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation, namely Jesus, right, is our heavenly bread, our manna from heaven, right? His word is, his bread from heaven, his body and blood in the supper, which is instituted by his word, 
is our bread indeed. And his, his, his blood is drink indeed, his flesh is, is um, bread indeed, as we say. Mm-hmm. All right, um, and then we have forgiveness of sins. Ooh. How is the life of forgiveness stressed in Luke's gospel? All right, we'll see this much later on. Well, of course, at the Passion time, uh, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, Luke 24. Um, Luke 19, though, we have the calling of Zacchaeus, right? And uh, there he forgive. I'm coming to your house today, and there's forgiveness of sins emphasized there. Um, of course, when the disciples were sent forth, not the seven, well, in the sending of the 70 as well, but especially the 12 before, um, that um, he sent them forth to proclaim forgiveness of sins, say peace to this house, right? We've had that repeated theme, and we'll see it throughout all of Luke's gospel. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who are indebted to us. All right, lead us not to temptation. How about Jesus, though? Was Jesus led into temptation? <laughs> yes, for us in our place, right? Luke 4, right, where he was tempted by Satan um, and there resisted, not by his own strength, well, in a way, but by the word of God. All right. Um, before we look at the Thief at Midnight, Chris has some comments here. I shared your sermon yesterday with my girls from our father. We, re- we um, repent, or I said uh, we are repented. <laughs> yes, it's done to us. Um, what I was advocating for, and, and I explained this a little bit more in the uh, Bible study, um, that whether it is um, our abuse of, of our nation or neglect of our nation and the freedoms afforded there that God has provided us, or um, of our family, um, or of our congregation, or, and ultimately of the Word of God, right? Um, there is repentance, right? God brings us to repent, right? and maybe that's maybe that's what this one of the things that this day could be about for you is to think about um, where you have neglected the gift of nation, right, and the freedoms afforded there, especially in its constitutive documents, right, um, where you have been lax or negligent or uh, um, have allowed you know, the creation of a government that's really foreign um, to what it originally was. In some ways, uh, for the better, of course, uh, with, with amendments, um, and in a lot of ways, I think, inferior, right, with uh, bureaucratic states, you know, um, and repent, and then work work uh, to make amendment, you know, to that. Right. And I don't think, I don't, maybe we haven't thought about repentance um, as being applied to our neglect of earthly gifts. I think maybe um, we have in, in terms of how we have neglected um, our love for our neighbor. Um, but one of the places today in particular is our lack of love for neighbor is, is evident in the way that we have allowed our government um, to roll over us and, and remove freedoms that we were once afforded um, that God actually would have us have as well. Okay. Um, so, you can see this in the Bible, in the Old Testament. We talked about this a lot throughout the um, school year, in that um, the nation, God did not want to give his people a nation, right? He'd rather have them be a family. Um, but they demanded a king, and then he gives them a king, and the king constantly is a, is a source of uh, of the mirror of God's law, actually, held up before them, and how they have um, they, they trust in earthly rulers and not in God himself. Right? So God uses the king they demand to repent them. All right, so we have the friend at midnight. All right, Um, and what does he want in this parable? Yeah, he wants um, some loaves of bread. He actually asked for three, (laughs) three loaves of bread because a friend has come to his house on a journey. All right, this this actually throws us back to Luke 9, so just a couple chapters ago, where um, 
Jesus is um, the friend at midnight who asks the disciples, you know, for low, or, you know, do you have any food that I may feed the multitude, right? Because I have compassion on them. All right, so we have this similar kind of story here. Um, what's the man's original answer? <laughs> Don't trouble me, right? My door is shut. My children are bed. Don't you dare wake them up. I'm not, and I'm not going to get up, All right? But he eventually does it, um, and it's implied here, because that friend who comes at midnight um, makes demands, repeated demands, won't, won't be quiet. So he gets up and gives him what he needs, right? He wants to get rid of the persistent man. And I think that's the key, isn't it? Um, remember, this is teaching us about prayer, right? Um, that God's heart is moved when he hears and answers our prayer, right? Out of love for us, right? But it's also teaching us to be persistent, right? To be persistent in our prayers. Um, and that uh, I think Jesus is telling us that, that often it will uh, feel to us it's not true, but it feels to us that God is not hearing us, <laughs> right? That he's asleep or that he wants to sleep or he wants wants to ignore. I mean, you can think of Jesus asleep in the stern of the boat. Don't you care that we are perishing, right? Um, right? And we, we are, our prayer is calling out to God um, on what basis then? You know, it's on the basis of his promises. I mentioned that with the Lord's Prayer being a summary of God's promises, right? We call out to God because he, we believe his word of promise that he'll hear us, right? And how do we know that? Because of his love revealed to us in his son, Jesus Christ, suffering and dying for us, right? So this is, this, uh, you know, well, this begs the question, what's the promise that Jesus gives here, specifically to us as baptized children of God who ask and seek and knock in prayer? Here's the promise, Right? Attached to the Lord's Prayer is this promise that he hears and answers prayers. Right, Whoever asks, receives, seeks, finds, knocks is opened. Specifically prayers that are prayed according to the promise, the promises. Right? Then we have some, yeah, I mean, we have those comforting promises in verses 9 through 10. Right? Ask and we'll give unto you, seek and you will find. These teach us to rely upon God's grace, right? Or... Are they the threatening exhortations of the law, which teaches us to rely upon ourselves? If you don't ask, you won't get. If you don't demand, you won't receive. If you don't seek, you won't find. If you don't knock, it won't be opened. Is that is that how it works? No. No, this is about um, making demand, not um, out of slavish obedience or out of fear, but rather trusting in the gospel promises, which, rely, which um, he has made manifest to us through his mercy and love. Uh, let's see here. What what does our Father in heaven promise to give to his children then? Attached to prayer as well is the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see that in verse 13, right? Um, interesting. How does how does Jesus describe his own disciples here? And and really us as well. If you then being evil, that is sinful, right? So uh, we have this comparison made between earthly fathers and our heavenly father, right? Uh, and sometimes it's not a one-to-one correlation. Be, you know, God the Father is like our earthly father. Here, it's the earthly father isn't our earthly fathers, those who provide for us, um, our, you know, our founding fathers, as you heard in the sermon yesterday, um, the fathers in the faith who have given us a great um, inheritance in our church, in our congregations, in our, in our confession of faith, um, and even our earthly fathers who provide for us bo- both God's word and then also material needs, um, all of them are sinful, evil, right? And yet they still give good gifts uh, for the life of their children, right? 
So how much more, so we have a lesser to greater comparison here, how much more God, who is love, will give us the most important gifts that we need, not just for body and life, but for, and for life, but, but namely for eternal life, for faith. Right? The Holy Spirit um, is given by the Father and prayed for by his children that we would have the true faith needed on the way. To God the Holy Spirit, let us pray. Right? For the true faith needed on the way, as Luther says um, in his prayer on the Lord, and his hymn on the Lord's Prayer. Um, Vicky has a comment on YouTube. Sometimes I feel like I am bugging him with the same things over and over. Right? Um, so that just diagnostically, you want to ask a question then um, Is this something that he has promised you? Mm hmm. Or is it, um, by extension, is it dependent upon a promise of God that you receive? Um, and if that's not true, that might be why he hasn't answered. Um, on the other hand, if it is upon his promise, then take comfort in the words he says here, which, um, that he will deliver you, right, uh, from evil or give you daily bread as is needed or that his will will be done, all right? Uh, much, of, much of the Christian life is living... Um, what do we call this? Inaugurated eschatology. You know that I've given you that technical term before. In the uh, in between time between um, what he has promised now and what we have not yet received. All right. So we live by faith, not by sight. That's that's another way to say this. God has promised. We have His word. We trust, and yet we don't necessarily experience all of those promises now. Um, many of them we look forward to. Right. All right. All right, so let's do a, a more another summary, really, of what we just read. Jesus went off frequently to pray because he lived the life of complete trust in his heavenly Father for all of us who are weak in faith. Our Lord teaches us to watch and pray that we may be ready for the day of his return. He bids us to call upon him for all our needs of body and soul. The Lord's Prayer is first the Word of God, for all prayer is anchored in the Word of God. This word of God creates faith in Christ. We pray because of God's word through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Each petition of the Lord's Prayer is first and foremost God's promise to us in Christ. Then it becomes our prayer when it is received in faith. Our Heavenly Father is moved by love to hear and answer our prayers. We believe that God hears and answers our prayers, not because of the merit, worthiness, or frequency of our prayers, but because of his grace to us in Christ and the promises of his word. His invitation to ask, seek, and knock is a comforting promise of the gospel, which teaches us to rely upon what the Father has promised us in Christ. All right, there you go. Our catechism this week um, is the Office of the Keys. Let's confess it. What is the Office of the Keys? The Office of the Keys is that special authority which Christ has given to his church on earth to forgive the sins of repentant sinners, but to withhold forgiveness from the unrepentant as long as they do not repent. Where is this written? This is what St. John the Evangelist writes in chapter 20. The Lord Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. What do you believe according to these words? I believe that when the called ministers of Christ deal with us by his divine command, in particular when they exclude openly unrepentant sinners from the Christian congregation, and absolve those who repent of their sins and want to do better, this is just as valid and certain even in heaven as if Christ our dear Lord dealt with us himself. All right, uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the gift of the office of the Holy Ministry. 
Give faithfulness to my pastor as he calls me to repentance and faith in your son. Strengthen me to believe that when my pastor deals with me by Christ's divine command, whether he excludes me from the Lord's Supper for a time in order to call me to repentance, or absolves me when by the grace of God I repent of my sins and want to do better, that this is just as valid and certain even in heaven as if Christ my dear Lord dealt with me himself. Through the same Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Amen. All right, our hymn this week is Sing My Tongue, the Glorious Battle. Let's sing it. Praise and glory in the highest, 
while the timeless ages run. All right, on this day where we uh, rejoice in uh, the rebellion of our founding fathers against the tyrannical uh, king, we uh, say a prayer for our nation. Heavenly Father, God of mercy, look with compassion upon this land and grant us civil peace. We cherish the right to express disappointment and our disagreement publicly, but grant grace to those who do so always to speak with respect and reason. Remove from all hearts, hatred, suspicion, fear, and prejudice. Help us to explain our neighbor's actions in the kindest way and use your church to be an agent of peaceful and reasoned discourse in this time. Grant us unity as a nation, delighting in the rule of law and not of men. Drive far from us the spirit of sedition and rebellion and help all our citizens to honor our government officials, to pray for them, and to hold them accountable as servants of the common good. We ask this through Christ, who taught us to render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's, and whose love embraces all and calls all to be our children. Amen. Prayer collect for this week as well. O God, the protector of all who trust in you, without whom nothing is strong and nothing is holy, multiply your mercy on us that with you as our ruler and guide we may pass through things temporal, that we lose not the things eternal. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray today for faith to live in the promises of holy baptism, for vocations and daily work, for the unemployed, for the salvation and well-being of our neighbors, for our schools, our homeschools, our colleges and seminaries, and for good government and peace. We pray in Thanksgiving uh, with Abigail, who celebrates her birthday, with Crystal, who celebrates her baptism. We pray with Tim, who yesterday celebrated his anniversary. Pray for the households of our church, especially Jeff and Julie, Renee, Michael, Dan, Dennis, and Terry. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Marcella, Kelsey, Dorothy, Amanda, Dan, Brad, Timothy, and Pastor Kretschmar, Merlin, and Jim. Pray for our homebound, Bev, Willis, Ed, Mickey, and Paul. We pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially this month with LCMS World Relief and Human Care. And we ask the Lord to continue to preserve and increase in us gentleness. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right. So that's our uh, daily prayer for today, July 4th. I hope you have a blessed holiday. Um, It's not really a holy day, holiday, Um, a blessed day off. (laughs) Uh, But again, I think uh, what we ought to do is uh, 
is recognize um, that um, a civil our civil estate is a gift from God, right? Lest we be um, ruled um, by our own lust, the lusts and passions of our own hearts, right? Um, that God, but God would have us work um, as citizens uh, for for actually civil law, right? Law that is governed according to, I would say, against governing according to God's holy word, right? And there, and that we not abuse um, gifts that God has given us, that that we also not abuse the gifts that God has given us, but that we also um, enjoy um, the laws that he has set up for our, for our blessing and benefit, all right? So, uh, it's quite the day. All right, so Lord be with you all and keep you safe, um, and I hope uh, to see you again in the morning, 9 a.m. Lord be with you. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church, Sherman Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.